0: 1st Samuel chapter 6 it's page 250 in the church books we have been going fairly quickly through to get an idea of the story of the church at a very early period and a very distressingly low period of its history and we see that we get little sketches of the way people behave. Uh, Their little snapshots of people reacting in different ways. We've seen, of course, the godly people. We've seen the, the mother of Samuel and the little boy. We've seen in the priestly family Eli and his son, and so on. We've seen the nation. Now, in chapter 6, we see the Philistines, particularly the, the beginning of the chapter 6. And through all this, this is not just an old story, as we've said before. It is to remind us of the way God acts. It's to encourage us, this is our God. This is the God who's going to act and is acting for us. The one who's listening to our prayers. And I think at this period we can take the keynote as being, is the God who is asserting his rights. Now in those days, just as today, God was being treated as a nuisance. Someone who had to keep out of other people's business and uh, to be pushed on one side and the Jews, they'd bring him out when they felt they they needed him, but the rest of the time he had to mind his own business. That was the way that they were treating him and it's the way people treat him today. And I mention the word God, but they don't want this God. And what he does, if he comes in and, say, and in so many words in his acts, he says, but I'm God. Now listen to me. You're not going to have it your own way. Those who rebel and those who try and assert their own way and get God out of the way and put him in the dustbin, they find out that he's really there. He asserts himself, not in the way that necessarily we expect. It's full of surprises. But he asserts himself, and he asserts it in such a way that people have to admit that he is the way the Bible says he is. God asserts himself. You can't see him. People try to pretend he's not there. But when we do that, we'll be like the lords of the Philistines. We try and push him out, we try and pretend he's not there, but he'll assert and he'll remind us and he'll show us what he's like. And the worst thing is, in this world, to be in the position of men who are fighting God, pushing him out, saying, no, he doesn't exist. We've, we've passed an Act of Parliament, he's not allowed to interfere in this, that and the other. And we have passed pastor that parliament for our lives and so, so now I'm going to run this thing my way and he can get out and keep out unless I need him for something. God says, you'll find out that I'm here all the time. And I'm going to show you what I'm like. Now it cuts both ways, of course, for those who rebel, it's a hard lesson to learn. For those who want to follow God, it's a good thing. We do find out what it's like. And when we're listening to his word and we're praying and we're, we're seeking him then, then again he intervenes. So it's, it's the two things at the same time. There are the, these people in Israel, few of them perhaps, praying Lord, help us. We do believe that you're there. We do believe that the Lord is, is going to keep all his promises. Well, despite everything that's happened, despite what people say, and he's working. Well, the Chapter 6, and that's what we're going to do. We'll concentrate on for a few minutes, it's the superstitious heathen, the, the pagans that he's dealing with here. The lords of the Philistines and all their people. You remember the Philistines, they lived along the sea coast to the west, and they'd come in generations before from a totally different area, but they have taken up the gods of Canaan, David and these other people. These other gods. And uh, they were the great enemies of Israel. They couldn't stand the Israelites. And they hated the God that the Israelites had talked about. This God of righteousness with all his demands, holiness. They couldn't stand that. And they wanted to stamp it out. And anytime they could. Uh, as we'd say, put one over on the Israelites. Any time they could really get the upper hand with them, it satisfied. Marvellous. Now God was at work here because he had a lesson to teach the Israelites. And it was a sore lesson because they went out to battle, as you remember, carrying the ark, the central object which was used in the worship of God. They carried this as a kind of good luck charm, a mascot. God was teaching the Israelites He's not a mascot. He's not an idol. He's a living God. And they were devastated to see that the Philistines actually captured the ark and ran off with it. Off they marched to, uh, to their own lands and uh, to Ashtar, one of the cities, the five cities, and put, put it in, the, in their temple. Well, that was the one side. But now... God's not finished with the Philistines. They think they have they've won. They've proved that this, this sublime God, this holy living almighty all powerful God who just demands attention from everybody that he doesn't exist. You see we've beaten him. We've got this ark, we've put it in the, in the temple like a trophy in a museum and that proves our modern, up-to-date religion, our philosophy is right. You see, there's always this desire. Let's get rid of this old-fashioned Bible religion, with its emphasis upon the need to be changed inside and all that. Oh, we do to hear that. Let's have a, an enlightened scientific view. This was the science of the day. You see, it was a nature religion. They had the idol of Dagon, but this represented one of these nature forces. Um, the harvest, or whatever it was. We do, we're not sure. But the, all these idols were just names for the forces of nature. It was just like uh, in, in a different guise, a different dress. It was just like modern materialism. Mean, what you can see, and what you can touch, this is this is the ultimate. This is what's, what matters. Let's get rid of this idea of the transcendent God. And that's what they had done. And we saw last time that they began to come unstuck, because as they put the ark of Jehovah, the God of Israel, in with this idol, they got up in the morning and and found that the idol had collapsed in front of the ark second time they did this, they propped it up, ago, and the second time it was down again and smashed. And then following this, there had come this plague, an epidemic on the people. And they began to realise they were playing with fire when they were playing about with God. You can't do that and get away with it. This plague, everything was going wrong. Uh, we read about these emeralds and old-fashioned words. Seems just to me to admit, oils, and the reference to mice, it's thought, they're not mice, but rats we'd call them, big creatures, presumably it was bubonic plague. We don't know. This is it, very likely. However, the, 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 the minor details um, are not important. That, that all fits very neatly. It may have been something else, but let us assume it was that, that they had the, the, the land was overcome with rats and uh, carrying the fleas and the, the the virus or the bacillus of the bubonic plague and hundreds of people thousands of them were struck down many of them started dying and they began to be less confident that they could control nature and things were on their side and things were going well, then they wanted to get rid of the ark and they started sending it round from one city to another. And and, and then the plague went with it and they wanted to get rid of it. And this is where we get now. How can we get rid of the ark? Because this God is real after all we don't know what it, he's like we, want it, we don't want it to have anything to do with him but we want to get rid of him now we need to remember I think today if we're believers that our God can act he can intervene we tend to think that when the church gets low and we're in trouble and we can't seem to make any impact upon the world around oh dear, You know what do we do and then we start thinking well we need some new techniques no 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 new techniques. Let's keep to the let's keep to God's techniques and remember that God can intervene. God's got his finger on things. God brings brings the lesson home and sometimes in a terrible way. Perhaps you've read about the time it's just occurred to me, uh, when God was working in South London very, very strongly a hundred years ago, more than that now. 130 years ago and uh, this young preacher from the country had come in Spurgeon and he'd come to this little church about the size of this but with galleries and it had been filled with people they'd absolutely been gripped and come in and it was overflowing and they didn't have the the room to accommodate them all in their time they had to hire the great concert hall in in some uh, pleasure gardens on the outskirts of the city, and then on Sundays, this place was absolutely, absolutely filled. And um, eventually, they built a near a, a big church nearby, vast place and fields. And they they left the they left the um, this concert hall, the music hall as it was called, in the Surrey Gardens. Well, the point I'm making here, when they left the uh, grew rather disreputable actors came in and they they started putting on satirical shows and so on about all these people getting worked up about religion and this was taken into the mentioned in the church and people were upset about the, the kind of scurrilous and the very bitter attacks that were being made and um the church didn't go and start throwing stones through the window or barricading and having demonstrations outside the, outside the theatre when people were going in. They didn't do anything like that. They just said, well, look, at the prayer meeting, will pray about it. Of course, this was heard by the actors. Ha, 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 they're praying. They're praying about us tonight. Ha, ha. Only that night, something went wrong. Now, I can't remember all the things, but they were going to have shown in some someone fell off the stage and injured himself. Then the next day, part of the scenery collapsed. And then the next day, this was going wrong, and that and if, At first thing, they, when something went wrong, they made a joke of it. ha! Oh, they must be praying about us tonight. Crash, something else goes wrong. And this became terribly wicked. Oh dear, they're praying about us again, because something else is going wrong. God in its in providence, the way things are working is reminding those people. They're not playing around with a few, or a few hundred, ordinary people. They're trifling with the God who is, who is in control of the enemies The living God, in whose hands we are. And these men are, are trifling, and they had done. But now they're filled with a fear and they want more and more to get rid of the ark. And the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months and the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners saying, what shall we do to the ark of the Lord, Jehovah? Tell us wherewith we shall send it to his place. How can we get rid of it? You see, they're, they're not they're, they're becoming aware that there is something real behind the name of God, but they're not trying to find him. They're trying to get rid of it. It's a kind of fear, but no faith, no trust. When we wake up to God, what we need to do is to find him. These men are doing the opposite. How can we get rid of him? Yes, there is something more than the nature worship and so on that we're admitting, but let's get rid of it. Too big for us. It's frightening. It's disturbing. Let's get rid of it. People are doing that all the time. People are doing it, you're passing in the street, all the time. They know that God is alive and real, but they're saying, oh, let's forget about this. Don't talk to me about religion. I don't want to know. I want to get, I want some peace and quiet. Now let's just forget it. What's on the box? Let's switch on and forget about it. That's what they were doing. So we see that these are modern people, you see it's so up to date the Philistines, verse 2, called for the priests and the diviners the priests, well of course they're not the <clears throat> they're not calling for the, the men who are set up by the Lord to teach the people and believe the worship. you know this is the, they're going back to the the practitioners of the mumbo jumbo, the magic and the, the spells and so on in the temple at Ekron and, and Ashdod and so on. They're just going back to that. But more than that, you see, it's just for the diviners. They do want a diviner. Well, to divine something is to tell fortunes. They're the fortune tellers. So it, it comes from the idea the, the way of reading, the word that means to read the way things fall. If you... Um, have a cup of tea and drink the tea and then somebody comes in, there the way that the tea leaves have fallen, ah well I showed you whether you're going to uh, whether you're going to get married next, next year or not, you see that they can read the tea leaves or they can they can tell you the way things are falling out fortune tellers, the way the stars are falling out to predict the way that you're going to um, get on for the next year astrology, magic spiritualism these are the, the, the things which these men were um, supposedly expert in. It's back away from God to dealing with things that you can, you can touch and see. Oh, well, you know, we've got to have guidance, we've got to know what's right, well, we're going to the way things are falling out. Now, you know, if, um, if you see a black cat, well, that means something wrong. And it's physical. Back to nature. Worshipping nature, now sometimes it's called science, sometimes it's called uh, fortune telling. They see that the the physical things, these are the things that really matter, the powers of the universe, the physical things around us, and these are controlling, and these are the things that matter. Now that's, that's as old as creation, it's as old as the human race, and yet you to open any magazine today. And it's got the same thing. People are turning to the diviners. Gypsy So-and-so gives you this, what the stars say about your love life this week. And every woman's magazine, practically, has got this rubbish in it. You can even dial a number for British Telecom and you get the diviners on the other end. It's where, where people just don't want to know God, they immediately fall into this kind of rubbish, even people who are educated and they, they, they think they can discuss nuclear physics and, and all the rest of it, and yet when they reject God, they're back in that the same place as the most ignorant savage in the jungles of Brazil. And that's where our people are today, this is where our nation is, they back in the jungle, running around in, in, in skins and wall paint. Spiritually, uh, what the Bible calls the beggarly rudiments. If you neglect the living God, you're back ...rubbing around in the dirt. The beg- weak and beggarly rudiments. Here they are. Oh well, you you see, but they don't. They don't call it that. Divine. Now these are the real charlatans. You see, they can tell you about the vibrations and what the, the good the good day to do this. And they they've got this great secret knowledge. It's all dressed up in words and it's the same rubbish underneath. Let's get the experts. Let's call in the men that really know. Because they don't know. What's the answer? How do you deal with the living God? This is the God. He's gonna send a plague in a certain area of the land, but this is this is the God who's gonna call the whole earth to judgment. He's gonna wrap the whole earth up. The whole way that the world and the universe is acting, he's going to bring it to a close, he's going to wrap it up, and he's going to get everyone living in debt who has ever lived before he the judgment. Now, what are these diviners going to say about that? They've got nothing to say. Now we're using up a lot of our time, but we see them, you see they, they just say, oh well perhaps, maybe, let's just dive forward so we get the whole, um uh, Thing in verse nine, you see, they—they will get onto this path, but we see they—they they have this way of—they think they may be able to find out what the cause of it was, and they do this and see if it goes up by the way of his own coast to Beth Shemesh, that's the first town over the border in Israel, uh, sending the the ark on a cart, then. If it goes that way, he has, God has done this great, us this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it was not his hand that smote us, it was a chance that happened to us. Well, what's the good of that? Either it will be, either it is or it isn't. But well, what's your answer to it? They've got no answer at all. And, the, and anything but the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ has got no, no answer. To any man, what's your answer to life and the future? When we fall into the hands of God and we stand before his judgment, what's your answer? What answer has anyone got except the answer that God himself gives? These are just like so many of the so-called experts, theologians, ministers, so-called ministers today, oh well perhaps, perhaps not, make your own mind up, they've got no answer. Well they'd better find out one there pretty quickly. Because we're soon out of this world and we're soon called to the judgment. Now, now, we'll listen to the experts. Well, we'll tell you what you ought to do. We'll just quickly go on and and, uh, look at the next verse so that we can see something of the story. This is their answer. Here we come. Here it comes. Marvellous. Verse 3. And they said... If ye send away the ark of the God of Israel, send it not empty, but in any wise return him a trespass offering. Then ye shall be healed, and it shall be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. What do they say? Well, he said, they say, well, you better not, you better get rid of it, but you better not send it off on its own, because you've got to offer something. Now, this trespass offering, of course it would be something that was known in Israel. There were certain sacrifices which were part of the worship, and when God, people in, in repentance were coming back to God, there was a certain offering that they could make. And that was a sign that if they came in faith, through God's way, that he would accept them. There was an offering Which God would accept for their trespass, the way that they'd offended Him in some way. Now, so up to a point, the diviners are right. They say, now you see, well, they say you may perhaps have offended Jehovah. You've done something wrong. He's offended. Now, so don't just send the ark back. Uh, You better send him a present, uh, a trespass offering with it. Put that with it. So then he won't be sent back empty and uh, that'll, that'll smooth things over. Uh, you'll be healed and you'll know exactly what you've done wrong. They don't seem to know what they had done wrong. They didn't profess to know. So verse 4 they say, what shall be the trespass offering which we shall return to him? So the diviners and the priests answered, five golden emeralds and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines, for one lord, one plague was on you all and on your lords. They said, now this is what you need to do. You need to make jewels out of gold representing the uh, disease that was sent upon you. And one for every, one of the uh, the city-states making up the Philistine Federation. There were five five city-states in the Federation, so that they to make five little models in gold of the boils that the people were suffering from, and five little models of, well, perhaps it was meant to be rats, rats, or mice. Put them in the box. And that will put things right. You see, you'll be healed. Then that would be okay. Should we think? We think we're pretty sure that that would be the right thing to do. What do they do? Well, then, this, again, is so modern. They're fobbing God off. Well, what we always do is we make these little gold things. You see, it's a votive offering. You go to any of these shrines, and what do you find the votive offering there's the, the Madonna what it is, whatever it is oh well it offered a prayer to make my ear better so you have a little golden ear or something it may not be gold it may be just made out of plastic or something the votive offering it's basic to pagan religion let's just um, try this with God you see make this as a a, a, a trespass offering a little thing, a little present. Well it's gold, it costs quite a few pounds to make these things. Five five each. Well quite a you know, quite a bit was involved in that. That'll be the trespass offering and that'll put us right. He said that, that's just what people do today. Let's fob God off. I think I think God isn't like, isn't pleased with me. I think I'm not right with God. What can I do? Well I'll give him a little something. I'll put I put a fibre in the collection this week. Now that that really is going to be uh, generous. I'm going to I'm going to say a little prayer. I think I'll do it. I remember hearing poor old lady today. She she's been sent a little a little um, booklet really for children. It was so pathetic. She said, "Now what I do see yeah, I read that little booklet every every night before I go to sleep." some poor little act now that will that, put us right with God but what God requires is repentance and seeking him don't say well we're giving this little thing and then that will be him that will keep him quiet and out of the way and we don't want to hear from him anymore and we want everything to go right God says everything won't go right for you until you repent until you seek me God wants is not more ceremonies more little gold, trinkets more statues and this, that and the other, all these things we can go on forever, making up little things that are supposed to be religious and pleasing God at special days, special ceremonies, all the rest of it but God doesn't want that in fact it's an offence to him because he says what I want is repentance, I want your heart, I want you to seek me and to listen to what I'm saying And wherever, you see, we're really dodging the issue, we get onto this. It's formality. It's going through a form, going through a show. That's what they were doing. They were just going through a show. And that's what millions of people are doing. And they think they're being religious. They think they're being Christian. And they're not. God says, seek me with all your heart. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and mind and soul and strength beware formality you see it, it's in, it, it just comes out naturally it's just part of our nature to be formal A guilt offering what is the guilt offering? you see there very often I think you'll agree no, people get it half right they say we, but, you, we think Done it, you've done something wrong, and you've offended this Jehovah, and he's there. Well, he better send a guilt offering. Right, I will make it five little golden mice. Rubbish. He needs a guilt offering. You've got to have something to bring before God because of your sin, but making some little trinkets out of gold or anything that you can do, there's nothing that you can do. You've got to have the great offering. What's the great offering? Well, it's the offering that God himself has provided. That's what he has revealed in history. Now, we'll have to draw to a close now and leave the rest of the story. But that's what he's revealed to us. We know who the offering is. It's the Son of God himself. The Lord Jesus Christ who came into the world and became man. And what did he do? He came to make himself an offering for sin and the irony in this world is people are saying well I, I don't want to get too involved in this business about repentance and faith in Christ I will have a bit of religion just to make things go well to oil the wheels to make things smooth I'll have a bit of religion I'll, I'll be willing to help and uh, put a few, uh, bit of money in the collection and this sort of thing but what's the good of that when you're neglecting the very son of God who says come to me and be healed. This is that we've got to have the perfect offering to offer to God for all our sins. And there's only one, that's, that's Christ Jesus. Now, I've taken up a long, long time really we haven't got very far, but let's just leave it here. Now, where is your trespass offering? Where is your personal one? Or mine, for that matter. Where is it? We've got to have the perfect, perfect offer. And there is that ironically. It's not something that we can make. We can't. You see, if we try to give anything else, it's just trash. They were treating Jehovah like another idol. Oh, we'll just put a thing, golden things in a box in front, of would be alright for Dagon. Any of these, Dagon would be quite happy because he doesn't exist we can do this, we can just offer God trash and treat him like an idol. But he, his, his view of us and of our need is penetrating, he sees into our hearts and our lives, he sees what's wrong with us, and he demands that that should be covered over. Now there's only one thing, if We can cover our trespasses and sins in his side. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have to get, take refuge under that. And we come to God and say, Lord, I'm coming in Christ. I'm holding on to that promise in Christ. And I want you to accept me in him. And when we, we come in that way, God, we have the assurance of God's word that he does accept us. Well, may he bless to us these thoughts in his word. Let us pray. O Lord our gracious God, we thank thee for the way that thou hast provided an offering for sin. And we pray for each one of us that we may not be deluded to think that anything else will satisfy thy divine justice. Deal with us, O God, according to the riches of thy mercy in Christ. And deliver us, O God, from the delusion of the natural heart. Save us, O oh God, from formality, a mere show which looks good to men, but is empty before God. O oh Lord our God, help us, we pray, and draw near and bless us, and free us from every plague that would destroy us. For Jesus' sake, Amen.